Yo, what is good? Today is Tuesday, March the 27th. This is your host, Murata Mario Caballero, here reporting to you live. This is episode numero 14, number 14, the big one, four. And we're just chilling here. It's a solo show. Haven't had uh, just myself on the mic here for a while. Just uh, decided to check on on y'all. Uh, just a little multitasking here, watching this Partido Amistoso. It's a little friendly match between Mexico and Croatia. Croatia. Unfortunately, um, Croatia put a goal in about five, ten minutes ago because there was a penalty that they give up. Yeah, sloppy, sloppy play. And then these last five minutes, Mexico's been attacking, and they've had like three dudes on the floor fucking holding their faces and shit. It's not cool. Not very cool. Some rough play. Shit happens. You gotta expect that from some some European teams. And Mexican teams play that way at times too. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Shit getting chippy here. Like, you all pissed off. They wanted a penalty. That was Raul Jimenez, a big striker. It goes Layun throwing it in. But yeah, cooking some chicken too and reporting a podcast. So, reporting a podcast? Recording a podcast? Ooh. That was a good cost. Man, I gotta say, I love Univision. The. Um... <laughs> oh, the Mexican fans are the best. They're playing, I think, in Dallas, in uh, Cowboy Stadium. <laughs> um... <laughs> oh my goodness, they had some dude in a big sombrero hat, like, yelling at. Uh, the fucking uh, side side ref and the uh, some dude in the um, Chapulín Colorado for fucking get up a whole uh, um, red and yellow jumpsuit thing <laughs> big old big old uh, pants on this guy too man big old br- uh, beer belly <laughs> oh man gotta love him gotta love him they show out everywhere man we fucking everywhere it's crazy because you think about it the Mexican national soccer team is the most popular team in America, more so than the U.S. national team because we got a lot of other shit to be happy about. Mexico, that's like their shit, more so than U.S. But I give props to the American team from time to time. I definitely root for them. It's just fucking disappointing. They ain't going to Russia. It's almost like a conspiracy theory that freaking Vladimir Putin might have helped some of the refereeing decisions and maybe he had um what's his name bruce arena in his pocket and he was the mole that uh made sure the u.s did not make it so maybe we should look into bruce arena's finances as well because this dude had almost had like no gut either after the fact that that they didn't qualify he came on national tv and was like talking about the team and all this shit like bro you should go. You should be in like hiding. If it was fucking any other country, man, they want to like off his ass for better or worse. I mean, that's obviously overreaction, but you gotta have some respect, dude. And this dude just came in and just like, I don't know, just seemed like he was just like kind of half-assed and just putting the the usual older dudes out there, and they fucking just didn't get it done, man. So one half of uh, my heritage is gonna have to be represented at this uh, Copa Mundial. 2018 World Cup 
that's coming this summer. So that'll be exciting. I do have to say a big shout out to Adidas, Adidas, the Adidaslers for, ooh, long ball. Um, ooh, that was interesting. Uh, but uh, yeah, Adidas coming through with the Mexican kits this year. I think they're pretty fly. I really like the white ones. I always like the off-color ones. When they had the um, the last World Cup, I really like the red alternate jerseys that they came out with with the <clears throat> had the crest uh, on uh, the left heart chest area and they had the black lines diagonal coming through that that was pretty fly and then this year they have uh, or it was kind of like um, um, not checker what the heck is a pattern it's kind of like triangles like if you're going left to right, you go like up a 45 degree angle, down 45, up 45, down 45. You know, you know, y'all know what I'm saying. Look it up, look it up. It's the red ones. They look dope. <sighs> Got me a long sleeve one of that. And then I think I might have to get me one for this year because these white ones are pretty fly. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> oh my goodness. But yeah, they're pretty dope. They got the the ones this year are white, and then they have the like green and a red line going through the uh, chest uh from left to right with the uh the fidel shown logo like right in the middle it's pretty dope pretty fucking dope or the the numbers too up above kind of cool i like the the fonts as well oh shit oh shit off thank you yeah croatia didn't even send like a lot of their best players i was like uh i think ivan rakitic is like the only dude who's like really Big, big up there. I think Perisic went home. They said man, Zukic home. They said uh, uh, Kovacic. I want to say. Uh, Kol um, I believe he went home. Um, yeah, had a couple guys. Now Rocky Teach coming out. It's a friendly though. It don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Uh, ultimately, I mean, you, you like to see these uh, situations happen. You know, you like to see the national team kind of play together, but. This particular window is kind of, I won't say pointless, but it's like the, the importance of it is less so than the other windows, the other international window breaks that they have throughout the season. So if you're not familiar with the uh, normal world football kind of calendar, there's a lot of breaks during the regular season of every team's league. And it's like designated weekends <clears throat> in the calendar where the national teams will play qualifying or friendlies or they'll play in tournaments different uh different things here and there maybe not so turn much tournaments because it's usually in the summer because the summer months is usually when you're playing for your international club or team if you're good enough to make it but uh yeah it's like 15 minutes left in this this match here Just hopefully we can see some uh flash of brilliance here for mexico they uh they had a another good outing last time out when they played uh iceland uh, we were talking about it last time, my sister, when we had the podcast over the weekend. So, a lot of high hopes for them. I know a lot of the American broadcasts are really going to focus on this uh, El Tri squad. Because obviously the U.S. is out. And, yeah, you got to play up to the audience. And I can kind of sense it when I listen to, like, the English broadcasters, man. They freaking, I think they really resent that, man. Because obviously there's a rivalry between Mexico and the U.S. And a lot of the ex, a lot of broadcasters are ex-national team members. So they still have that, like, passion and desire a little bit. They still, you know, like, old habits kind of die hard type shit. But, 
They're doing their best to kind of grit their teeth sometimes, it looks like. It's kind of funny here and there. This team is exciting, though. They got firepower, lots of uh, athletic wingers and guys that could attack and have some pace to them, along with some good ball skills, too. You got the all-time leader scorer, Chicharito Hernandez, obviously up top. He's a poacher. It's just like a average-sized dude, not the fastest, not the quickest, not the strongest. But the dude gets it done. He, he knows positioning, spacing, timing, like almost as good as anybody. Especially when he's on the, the national team, plays up. There's some guys that don't play up when they play with the national team. Other guys play better. I think he's one of those guys that plays better sometimes. As he's played uh, on top flight clubs in a lot of different leagues. But he's bounced around a bit. And right now, the situation in West Ham does not look like the best. So, for a lot of reasons. Damn, 80,000 people almost in whatchamacallit, the Cowboy Stadium, 80,000. That's what they just announced, freaking crazy. AT&T Stadium, craziness. Yeah, they're talking about how they can get the capacity up higher, but there's a lot of uh, uh, luxury boxes that they can't necessarily sell so that leads to some of that and I think the capacity is probably bigger for a football game or maybe not honestly because the pitch and like a, uh, a football field and a football field are like pretty similar maybe a little bit different but yeah they got a lot of wingers Chucky Lozano he's got the ball right here sends it in to Raul Jimenez another good striker ooh that was a nice strike outside of the box. Another one. Ooh, they save it. Went right to him. Uh-oh. They had a clash of heads here. Looks like some dude's hurt for Croatia. Uh-oh. Never want to see those. That's how dudes get concussions in soccer. And people were like, man, it's kind of like a bitch board or whatever. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, so there was, when they played it to Jimenez, they played it back to the middle of, uh, outside the box to one of the, the, the centrales, the, the midfielders. And he struck it, and he hit this dude directly in the face, and then it de deflected. That's what happened. Put his hands back, stuck his head down, boosh, took it right to the face. Ah, that looks like it hurts. I've had that happen before. Not fun. Not fun at all. I just That's how you get a concussion, though, for real. If you hit heads, or if you just get smacked, or if you run into the pole or something, it could happen, man. It's serious. But, yeah, hopefully dude's all right. There's been a lot of freaking injuries in this match, even from when I started watching. I just started watching the second half. Uh, so not too long. Just went for a little run today. Got to say, thank, very, very thankful for my own health. Been dealing with some calf issues. or I don't even know what this is. It might be my Achilles. It feels like it might be an Achilles issue, which I'm kind of concerned about if it is. But, uh yeah, been dealing with this, and I, I went for a jog on Saturday, Sunday, or over the weekend, I think Sunday, Sunday actually, first time in about a month and a half, two months, and it was glorious, felt really good, and felt like I was okay, and then she went for another one today, and felt a little tweak, so I'll give it a few days before I, I try it out uh, again, ultimately the goal is to get back 
one just into shape, but uh, more importantly for me, I really want to play some uh, um, full court basketball pickup. Pickup basketball is like the thing I get the most joy out of doing, I would say. And I've been a lazy ass about playing. Now they got gym membership again. I got somewhere to go routine. Probably go to my, my old spot that I used to play at, uh, the Hermosa Beach. Um, 24 hour fitness. We're gonna take a little break. Actually, nah, we'll bring this with us. We're gonna go flip some chicken right here. Gotta uh, check this shit out. I'm gonna make myself. I don't know what I'm gonna make myself. Let's see. Got the stir fry. I'll probably make stir fry on some ego shit. I had that the other day, it was pretty good. I got this shit on lock, just a moment. Ooh, yeah, looks good. Where you guys can smell this shit? Smell-o-vision. Oh, yeah, should be done in like 10 minutes. Bada boom, bada frying. Oh yeah, seasonings, incredible. I'm like a flavorful type of guy. If I'm ever gonna go wrong, it's gonna be because I put too much goddamn seasoning. It's a real problem. But it's a good problem to have. It's like trying to figure out how to, what to do with your money. You know, that's a good problem to have. Alrighty, back in the living room. And let's see. Kings losing to the Mavericks, 7570. Just getting some updates on my phone. And Yep. Okay. On to the next thing. What was it saying? Oh yeah, my health. Trying to get to be playing to be playing basketball again. Um I was really good about it for the longest. And then I think it was moving away from a gym that I could trust and know was a big thing. And then also kind of dealing with some injuries here and there. And then my gym membership also expired with 24 for a while. And that was, I think, the downfall of like me getting really out of shape from where I'm at now. So I've been... Uh, been on the, the uphill climb. Oh, that's uh, Dak Prescott. That's who they're showing on TV. They got they showed uh, Dak up in the box. He's just going, Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. <laughs> we'll take it. Even though I'm not a Cowboys fan. It's whatever. Life ain't perfect, you know. This is home stadium, too. So, it's got to show out. And he's an Adidas guy, too. So, got to rep for uh, the brand and all that noise so let me take a look I always got a list on my phone of uh, all the shit that I want to talk about today and all that <clears throat> oh yeah just uh, a quick preview we're going to have a special episode coming up this Thursday one of a uh, uh, good friends of mine who've uh, we've actually got some ties we're both from the 209, both from Stockton, but we actually met each other down here in LA through some mutual friends. 
my good homies uh, uh, Eris at Sierra Sounds. Go give him a follow. That's at Sierra Sounds on Twitter and IG. He's got some cool DJ homies that we're going to talk about that uh, he's been uh, on tour with. So definitely going to have a fun time on Thursday catching up or as much as we can be. I know that he was saying that he was uh, recently hospitalized, so hopefully... You know, all the prayers and thoughts and all that shit. That, and even more than that, go bring that motherfucker some soup. I think he was asking for some weed today on Twitter. I was trying to help him out and uh, uh, and all that stuff. But, yeah, I think he's in Los, Los Feliz, I want to say. You go look at his Twitter. Go look at Sound. Sound. Um, but, yeah, if anyone's got a duchy full of some gas, then, you know, go hit him up. He'll probably be down. And all that. But, yeah, so... We'll be doing that, and I think he'll hopefully he's recovered, be all right in time because he's telling me he's gonna be going to with me to the show on Sunday. I want these tickets to go see uh, the dynamic DJing duo called GTA. Uh, good times ahead. Throwing up the AOK little uh, sign that they like to do. Yep, with the index and the pinky or the thumb and the index together, three fingers in the air. You know, you know what I'm talking about. It's all right. But, um, capiche? The, um, yeah, so that, uh, those tickets are for on Sunday. And they're actually doing this cool little run of shows because they're kind of, uh, a mixture of kind of different type of genres. They have a lot of rap, hip hop influences in their music, but then also some house, like techno ish vibes in certain tracks. And then at the same time, they have some other kind of Latin rhythm type of influences as well. They're pretty, Pretty, uh, pretty good crew. I enjoy some of their songs. I know their last album that came out. I had some, uh, some good songs off of that one. I know Contact's a good one with I Am Sue. Uh, I know that one comes up in my playlist pretty often. So shout out to GTA. We're gonna go catch y'all. And uh, shout out to whoever I got the tickets off of too. I know it's like somewhere on my Twitter. I won those like a couple months back. But yeah, you know, if uh, you ain't gonna try, if you, you ain't gonna win if you don't try, right? So. Had to go ahead and just uh, click on some follows and put an entry in and got some tickets. So, yep, you know, got to try some shit. Worst that can happen is uh, uh, people say no if you ask. And so, yeah, that's pretty much what happened there. And I'm kind of a fucking idiot. I didn't forgot to put a, another timer. So that was about six minutes ago. Flip the chicken. Let's put it up. Mm, let's see. Age. Alright. Uh, fuck it. Nope. Didn't set it right. Hold on. Boom. Okay, cool. Anyway. My distracted ass. 88th minute. one nothing. Croatia. We'll change this. We'll put some basketball on probably afterwards. I know no me you can really give a fuck. But I'm just... Uh, all over the goddamn spot. Anyway, a couple things I wanted to get into today. Anthony Joshua in the UFC. There was this rumor that I think what was the number like twenty million or fifty million, something like that. The UFC is trying to get this uh, heavyweight champion boxer, Anthony Joshua, to go fight MMA. Drop the big gloves and put out the little gloves. And go maybe defend some takedowns. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, no doubt. I would pay to watch, but 
I don't know. I'd be kind of concerned for Joshua because there's there's a if there's thousands of possibilities of what can happen in a boxing match, there's like a million of in terms of what can happen in uh, in an MMA fight. There's just so many more options and so many more things that you got to be accountable for. There was a nice cross there. Oh, it looked like it got tipped. Ch Chuki. Yeah, tell him Chuki. It's the year of uh, Chuki. Because you got Chuki Lozano for um, L3. And then you also have uh, Chucky, John Chucky Gruden from our Raiders. So it's, it's the year of the Chucky. I'm going to have to give me a couple dolls. Put one in a little Mexican soccer jersey and the other one with the Raider get up. Yep. Because that's the type of dude I am. Oh, yeah, I bought these little Pop Toys things the other day. Just on a whim. I think they're kind of cool. Got one that was uh, Super Saiyan Goku. I got a little Taz in the Toon Squad from Space Jam. And then I got another one of Reptar from uh, the Rugrats. So some cool shit from my childhood. But uh, yeah, I got these little little monitos right here. Cool. Cool little dudes. Um, probably going... I'll maybe make a shelf and go put them on there or go put them on my bookshelf somewhere or just keep them on my living room table. Who knows? That's what knickknacks are for. But yeah, Joshua in MMA, I don't know. He's got a fight. I think this guy Nate Parker is this weekend. I've heard a little bit of it. I'd be down to watch. I'll probably try to see if I can check it out at some point. I know it's in London, so the time difference might be to my favor, so I might be able to watch it earlier in the day and still be able to do shit later. But we'll see. We will see. That's uh, for the belt. And I know the talk is uh, eventually for a Joshua versus Deontay Wilder matchup, and I would definitely, definitely co-sign that happening at some point because that's probably going to be the next epic matchup and i don't know if you guys were able to see deontay wilder i'm not too familiar with his boxing like uh you know resume and pedigree but dude can box man dude got some guts he's got some heart he went he, he went he won this fight i was watching against luis ortiz who was a fucking cuban boogeyman some dude nobody else wanted to fight for the longest and Man, that was a back-and-forth fight, for sure. There was times I thought Luis had it. There's times I thought Wilder was going to put him down. And it was almost, or maybe as exciting as the Klitschko-Joshua fight that happened last year. That was, oh my God, it was the fight of the year, in my mind. So entertaining, so good. Guys, each of, each of the dudes knocking each other down. Both of them touching the canvas. It was it was incredible. But this, yeah, the, the Ortiz-Wilder one was really, really good as well. And I'm really glad because boxing needs a heavyweight division to come back again in order to kind of, you know, get some uh, some attention and some, some acclaim uh, nationally. And that's that's what I hope happens because I think having a good sport of boxing is, uh, you know, another good option there. And, you know, growing up, I've been a boxing fan. My grandfather was an amateur boxer in Mexico like a lot of other people. Um, so I think culturally for us, it's a, it's a little bit more important than maybe just generally in America. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's something that we kind of gather around and we would always get together with my mom's side of the family to watch the fights. Sometimes with my dad's side too. Um, and sometimes both together. Sometimes we invite them all over to our place, but 
it was like tradition every time there was a big fight my grandpa or one of my uncles would order the pay-per-view and we'd get everyone together and we'd uh have a nice dinner and like a whole bunch of shit and that nope that's time that's game uh no rueda mas dude i love you when you show these guys awesome it's dope too because their broadcasting style is cool because they like switch back and forth between uh the uh play-by-play and the color which is kind of kind of cool um and they usually have three guys and they kind of kind of like rotate it so uh, the voice of Enrique Bermudez is like my favorite though. Oh my god, he's amazing. Uh, I was like, if anybody's played FIFA forever, you know. Uh, and you put it on the Mexican Spanish commentary, you know. You know what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah. Boxing though, boxing, I think the heavyweight division is, is, uh, is, in, a good, is in a way better place than it has been. Because the Klitschko's were amazing, but they were maybe not necessarily the best for the um, popularity of the sport globally. They had am- amazing reach in you know Eastern Europe and all that, even just in Europe in general. Because I know the Klitschko's, they trained and they fought a lot in Germany as well. But... You know, in the U.S., stateside, or even just in Latin America, they didn't necessarily have that that same pool. And for a long time, it was uh, the come up of the lighter divisions. And so you get like the uh, Floyd Mayweather's, the De La Hoya's of the world, and um, you know, Manny Pacquiao. All those type of type of boxers are smaller in stature. That have got a lot more uh, more press more pub you know the canelo canelo Alvarez of the world the triple g's and then nowadays you got vasil uh lomachenko vasili lomachenko that dude is amazing i did he i might take him over anybody honestly that dude is just unreal high tech if you go watch his highlights on youtube if you have not because man that dude is like a fucking shadow you can't hit him you can't hit him he's his defense and the way he uses both arms and changes stances, he'll uh, he can attack you the same exact way from like the reverse angle on each side, left way and right way. Because the angle of his punches, the accuracy of his punches, his timing, and his like creativity also is just unreal. There's like a, I saw a whole compilation of him doing the same move that he does, where after he's Barty like kind of giving dude a little two-piece for about like seven rounds six rounds or so halfway through the fight he starts kind of teeing off on guys and he'll what he'll do is the guys will, will cover up and they'll have two gloves in front of their face and he'll just take his left hand his like uh lead hand and he'll knock his the, the other dude's gloves away from his face and then with his right hand come with a fucking vicious cross it's like knock the hands on hit him knock the hands on hit him knock the hands on hit him and i've seen him do that shit up bunch a bunch and uh honestly i've never seen a guy really like try to you know be crafty and do shit like that but he's he's figuring out new ways to box or at least for me uh as a fan watching it putting it all together he's uh he's incredible i give him uh my hats off there what's today today's tuesday so it should be no probably not nba game on tnt but we're gonna check we're gonna check 
This is the the life of uh, someone who has cut the cord, and they just gotta you know figure that shit out here and there. Um, shout out to uh, Republica Deportiva, man. They had the hot ass bitches on there growing up, hot ass ones, bro. Oh yeah, I think there is basketball on. Let's check this shit out. Let's check to check 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 to check it out. Give me this live shit. Uh, NBA on TNT. Yeah, we'll play it. Let's check to check it, check it, check it, check it out. Yep, we're gonna play this on my Chromecast. Then we're gonna take this one down, Pachinka and Pachinka. Cool. Alrighty. Yeah, living life, cutting the cord. You just gotta get creative and all that shit. So, luckily enough, I got some loving family members that have uh, been nice enough for to let me use their cable login. And so. With that access, like, the world's almost my oyster. Because, like, a, with cable subscription, they give you the option to stream on apps and different devices. So, with <clears throat> my iPad that I got, uh, that I also wanted a contest. So, you just got to enter contests, people. You know, it's never going to win if you don't try. And they already got your information, so fuck it, right? I mean, Google's selling you that shit. Facebook's selling that shit off. I'm a fucking hotcakes trying to sell crack rock on the goddamn corner. I wonder honestly, like what uh, generates more income, Google or the global crack game? It'd be something to look into, cause that might be neck and neck. It'd be closer than you think. But yeah, what was I saying? Oh yeah, just cutting the cords. What you gotta do is you gotta just download each app for whatever you know type of thing that you like to watch so for me i'm a sports fan so there we have the espn app we've got the tnt app i've got the ncaa march madness app i've got comcast no no nbc sports network so nbc sports california shows my hometown sacramento kings that's how i'd be watching them all the time because it's uh Still the cable, the Comcast login from from uh, back up in Stockton. So shout out to that. It used to be Comedy Central. His bitch asses like took it off. Uh, fucking, I'm ass- I'm assuming there was probably a bitter divorce there. Um, due to probably between Comcast and uh, Viacom, which owns Comedy Central. That'd be my assumption. I gotta take this goddamn chicken. I was probably fucking overcooked. Is it overcooked? Oh shit, no, not too bad. Not too bad, folks. Not too bad. Yeah. Actually, pretty good. How you like it? Alrighty. Let's see what to cook. What to cook? Got some pepper stir fry or regular chicken? I love the regular. Give me the regular. Give me the damn regular. Alrighty. Turn this fucker off. This fucker off. Oh yeah, doing it live. Whipping it. Kitchen wrist. Whipping like a stir fry. Because it is. Alrighty, get you some aceite de olivo. Patanka. Throw that on there. On the pan. I'm gonna spread this shit out, do olive oil. It's amazing to cook with. 
and I am uh, ever grateful because <clears throat> my grandpa, he owns a ton of orchards up in Corning. Before he passed away, now my uncle runs that, and they grow olives. So we would get this uh, big old jars of olive oil, and uh, every year. And so we never had to buy it from the store. But I don't do that. I don't get that no more. I live too far. <clears throat> they don't send me the cherries either. Man, I miss those cherries. I gotta go back during cherry season. Cause uh, I'll be back in a couple weeks, but that's a little too early. Cherry season's like a little bit, like the beginning of summer, really. So, in like a month, month and a half. That's kind of when cherry season is. <clears throat> All right, let's see. Gotta open this motherfucking bag. Where are the scissors? Scissors, my teeth, and gotta turn this down. I'm gonna fucking get some shit. some of this chicken I'm gonna use for later in the week all right let's see yo I got like a monopoly on fucking uh, Tupperware why I don't know I'm a hoarder that's why I'm a fucking hoarder don't hate the hoarder hate the game all right oh juice and yeah, we'll put close to full chicken breast, but not quite a full one. That's good. Okie doke. Gotta heat up these damn veggies before I throw this freaking boil up on top. Mix it all together. Now look at what you got. Alright, cool. Might turn the heat up a little bit. There we go. In the meantime, shredding some of this damn chicken I just took out. Ooh, it's hot. Cause uh, mmm, mmm, that's delicious. That is delicious. Might not recommend this if you're serving this to somebody else. Maybe chop this shit up. But I'm too lazy. I don't want to grab a fucking knife. So yes, yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is my dinner. I'm cooking it my way. Just letting you in my world. So on this chicken, what I normally do is my go-to. Get some chicken breast, all that, all that shit out if you need to. I get my seasonings. I got some uh, Tony Chachers, just the regular. I usually get the spicy, but they didn't have it this time, so gotta fucks with the regular till it's done. Then I had some uh, salt and pepper. Put it on both sides. Put everything on both sides. Little lemon pepper seasoning. A little bit of garlic salt, and you're good to go. Just like that. Put that shit on both sides. What I do is I take a pan and I put the uh, like Reynolds wrap. I lay that down so I don't have to clean the pan. And I just put the chicken on there 
was like all non-stick and shit. And you just uh, put the temperature to between 325, 350, depending uh, on how thought out the chicken is. Today I put it at 335 and it came out like really good. And you cook it between 12 to 15 minutes on each side. And uh, you can always check it, use your best judgment too. I mean, not every, I would bake it. That's how I do it, because I'm lazy ass. I just like putting shit in there, just not worrying about it. And then, beep, beep. Okay, now I gotta worry about it. Kind of easier. Man, that shit was frozen. The fucking Olaf. Got the goddamn Olaf carrots. Alright, here we go. Alrighty. Pick this shit up a little bit more. Mmm, Chinese chicken, it is delicious. I'm gonna try this shit. Mmm. Mmm, mmm, mmm. That's how I live like a king. With the price of a pheasant. Just go to Costco, get your membership, and then um, go get you that pack of chicken breasts. She'll last you like a month or two, depending on how much of a carnivore you are. I like myself. And then you just take the rest. Or you cook a little bit at a time. You take the rest and then that's uh that's for the other meals. The leftovers. Okay. I got some salad shit for my lunch tomorrow. I'll take that shit to work. Like a motherfucking child. Like one day a year, y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay. Around the stir fry. Cool, cool. Still some frozen shit. That's not cool. Alrighty. Whoopty whoop. Whoopty whoop. Whoopty whoop. What is frozen? Come on now. Okay. Alright. Might be close to time to. Nope, not yet. This broccoli's taking forever to freaking uh, cook through. Alrighty. Maybe this wasn't the best idea doing a show at the same time, but you know what? We're too far gone, so fuck it. I'm hungry too. Alright. Ah. Yeah, y'all can hear that. I know you can. Let's go. Alright. Chicken time. Throw a little chicken here too. Cook it for... A minute or two more, and then I'm gonna get a nice little bolski. I'm gonna put it in there. And I'm gonna smoke a bolski. Yeah, bowls on bowls, son. Shout out to Manute Bowl. Shout out to Bowl Bowl. R.I.P. Manute. 
poppable. He's next. He's coming. Probably be a top lottery. I'd say lottery draft pick. I don't know. I can't really predict how he might play in college and how people are just feeling, feeling him a year from now. So I believe he will be in college either this next year or the year after. It's just kind of crazy. Oh, man. Yeah, my dad always tells me he remembers uh, walking up to Manute Bull back at the uh, the old arena in Phoenix. Was, uh, we lived out there as a family for a little bit. For a wee bit, a few years. Uh, I probably moved back to California when I was like three or four, but I was... Uh, I was born out there. It is what it is. Okay. Uh huh. Alrighty. Shit should be almost just about done. Okay. My utensils. Oh. Four thirty. Gotta wash one. All my fucking bachelor shit. Living solo. Gives a fuck. Alright. Yeah, now you can hear me do dishes. Oh man. Like a real motherfucker makes me do everything. Okay. Now we got a clean fork. Doing every goddamn Mexican's job in one day. Fucking cooking, fucking cleaning. Gonna be randomly running around your town. Ooh, I know you hear that. I know you hear it. I know you hear it. Alright, cool. This looks red day. Uh, comedian Theo Vaughn will call a hitter. One of them hitter meals. Look at this. Just a moment, folks. Alright. We're gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna pull myself, eat some food, and then we'll be back to finish the show. Yeah. Alright, and we back. Oh, you savages. Sitting here, back in on the couch in the living room. Got uh, some Milwaukee Bucks and LA Clipper action going on. Put <laughs> Boban Marjanovic, or Boban Marjanovic is in the game. Dude is crazy. Big ass Serbian motherfucker. He's like, what, 7'3 or some shit? 7'4. He was huge. Just came out on the Spurs and he's on the Clippers this year. And the crowd went wild. It's like 10. Ten and a half minutes left in the fourth. I just put him in right at the beginning of the quarter, and, and the crowd was going crazy. He got a dunk immediately and almost didn't even, like, get off the ground. Whew. Giant. So huge. But, yeah, I was watching this game. It was just funny because um, they did one of those cutaway shots where they go talk to KG, Area 21. And he had hot sauce in the building. And... Uh, yeah, they're just talking to Hot Sauce, and I'm just sitting there looking at him, like, just reminiscing about the And One Mixtape era days and all that that craziness, man. People don't realize, And One, at one point, was the second 
most popular shoe in the NBA. Second most worn shoe. It wasn't Adidas. Not Reebok. Not Converse. The New Balance. It was and one. This was for like a two year stretch. They were like in the game. Every like middle level player would either want Adidas or not Adidas. Nikes. Gotta get some Nikes. Some Nikes. Some swooshes. Or you were getting uh, some and ones. But man, Hot Sauce era, if you think about him, like I think people might underestimate or understate the impact that he might have had on like basketball as a culture and definitely the style of play on the court even. Just people with the nastiest handles, the dirtiest handles. Oh my God. Like would we have Kyrie if we didn't have hot sauce necessarily? Or Dame Lillard or CP. I don't know. CP was up in that era too. He was playing in that era. What am I talking about? But like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking. There's always been nasty dudes and handles, but damn. I'm sure a good chunk of like the young dudes who are in the league now grew up watching some of that shit. That shit was crazy. Fucking Escalade. Coming down the lane and shit. <laughs> Big ass motherfucker. You got uh, the professor who my little brother still is like follows him like crazy. On Instagram. He's always telling me when he's in L.A. But, uh, yeah, Professor's still putting on some dribbling clinics and all that stuff. He still plays hoops. So, that's that's what's up. It's kind of crazy. Like, even when you're not, like, a technically professional who plays, like, 48-minute games or 40-minute games or whatever it is. Whatever your league plays. There's still... You can still make a career in basketball in other ways. It's kind of crazy. There's the the whole dunking phenomenons, like dunk contest participants type guys. Uh, that's like a legit market that you can tap into, win some like checks and stuff like that. And there was a, a dude who was like from Stockton, Myrie Bowden, who played at uh, University of Pacific. He was a UOP. He was a part of uh, the team that uh, made the NCAA tournament and I think um, advanced to the second uh, second game in the NCAA tournament, got past the first round one year. And then the next year they like took Pitt, which is like a, a three seed or something like that, down to like the last possession or something. They had some dope squads for being a small college. We went to go watch them play a few times. But this dude was amazing. Myrie, he's uh, a generous like 5'9". Probably like 5'8". Little black dude. And he'd, like, uh, he was point guard, sometimes backup point guard. But just uber athletic. Dude could levitate. I just, I don't, I don't, to this day, I'm not sure if I've seen like a better dunker or more impressive dunker than him in person, live, because I used to go play at the 24 out there in Stockton when I was in like high school all the time, just go get some running. Um, and then when, after I graduated, when I was in college a little bit, um, I had a 24 membership. Did I? No, at post college. No, wait a minute. 
Maybe. Maybe did I? Hmm. I did for a second, and I didn't. I can't even remember. Anyway, neither here nor there. I would go play over there in 24, and I had like the craziest time, uh, the craziest, craziest dunk I've ever seen in my life, in person to this day. Was unreal, and it was in a gym full of maybe about like it couldn't have been like 15, 20 people, and I'm not sure all of them were paying attention to what happened. Honest to God, it was just like one of those like perfect moments at the per- perfect you know perfect time at the perfect moment. It's crazy. So I like walk into the gym, give them uh, my little code thing, check in. Uh, then you like as you walk into the gym, on it's like a little pathway on each side. There's some machines, and then on the left side there's some uh, stairmaster and some ellipticals and some treadmills. And then uh, as you keep going straight, there's like uh, leads you directly to the basketball gym. So I'm like walking down that little path, right? And as I'm going, right as I walk into the gym, I see him. He's playing pickup, and he's just like hounded. He like hounded the ball handler, got like a steal, and like tipped the ball away, and pushed it forward. And as soon as he got that ball, I like immediately knew it was like okay, he's about to bang this one because I've seen him doing it a million times. But little did I know, I was about to witness like some fucking amazing feat of athletic achievement just personified on a basketball court it was unreal so he takes the ball takes about one dribble into inside the free throw line or one or he takes two dribbles because he gets the ball around like half court takes one hard dribble takes a second to gather takes a step above the free throw line and a step on the free throw line takes off immediately starts turning around like rotating like reverse like he's about to do a 360 and i swear to god about halfway up his flight time stood still and stopped and i could see him and like the thoughts immediately rush into my head saying is he crazy is this really about to happen is he really trying this right now is this like an actual feat that he's really trying to do this shit is not gonna happen like the physics in my head just didn't compute what he was attempting to pull off and i was like no this is this is probably not gonna end how he envisioned it at least that's what i thought and then immediately 0.25 seconds later he completes the reverse 360 Oh, and he throws a windmill in that bitch and fucking cupped that shit and slammed it home effortlessly on one motion like nothing happened. Walked down the court and uh, ran back to go to uh, guard his dude on defense like a fucking beast. Just un-fucking-believable. Unreal. And as I walked in there, jaw ajar to the floor. Like, holy shit, reacting like the motherfuckers in the Animal Mixtape tour, pretty much. Like, I was fucking incense going crazy. Like, I, I, like, I couldn't leave to get the smirk off my face of like, oh my God, did you just see that? 
I walked around the gym. There was maybe like, yeah, like four or five other people in there. Like two of them probably weren't even paying attention, shooting on like little side hoops on the side. And some of the guys on the team were, uh, or that were playing on the, on like on the court were like, holy shit. And they were yelling like, woo, like, oh shit. <laughs> and I immediately walk outside of, and like look around towards like the, the rest of the inside of the, of the gym. I walk out of the, the court and walk, look, look inside the gym. There was like less than 20 people in the gym at the time too. And I'm looking around going like, did y'all just fucking see that shit? Oh my God. Like I couldn't believe it. And then I had to play the dude on the next game <laughs> pick up. Oh man. But yeah, that was fun competing, man. That dude was crazy. So he made a legit career out of dunking and doing like dunk contest shit. And he's appeared on like some of the, the, celebrity shit or not celebrity shit but like you'll you'll see like sprite or some other companies they'll like uh sponsor dunk contests like throughout the country and he'll definitely he definitely is i've seen him compete and been on tv before i've seen him on espn and uh he was in the the college uh dunk contest too i think he came in second he was robbed of the championship t- uh title to some other dude who i don't know uh <laughs> i remember watching it live when it happened though um he like dunked over one of his teammates and then like who had a cowboy hat on and then took the cowboy hat and then just did like a fake like uh like he's riding a horse and like whipping it from behind type shit like galloping like you know what I'm saying you know you know the visual and put the hat down and shit I think he did it without a shirt off uh, <laughs> but uh yeah that dude was crazy so animal mixtape tour and all that shit that's like important I think to the overall like reality and how accessible basketball is and basketball is amazing and i think it's going to be crazy too we got a three-on-three basketball tournament for the uh olympics like how's that going to shake out how's that going to look are like teams just going to get specific three dudes or like are the national teams going to send their best guys to play double duty you know what i mean like you're not going to be practicing but you'll be like competing in everything you'll do the three-on-three tournament and then you'll play the games and just like wear them fucking thin but some some countries like might fucking consider that shit because some of them only have like so good of players. And if the three on three tournament for the U.S. is it gonna be instead of uh, the top 15, 12 to fifteen dudes on the roster, is it gonna be number sixteen through eighteen, um, or is it is it gonna be like the end of the bench guy is gonna be playing in there, or or how's it gonna look? How's it gonna shape out? So that'd be very interesting to see. Um. I'm a basketball nerd too because I fuck with uh, FIBA International Ball. I honestly kind of like those rules and uh, to a certain degree, some of the things. I think the three-point line needs to be pushed back a little bit to where the NBA is at because I think that's only fair. These guys are just prolific. And like some of the European dudes used to take advantage of that shit and uh, they knew exactly where that line was, real familiar. And uh, the NBA guys, I think, learned a little bit from how the European dudes uh, adapted because if you're gonna zig, someone's got to zag to beat you, and that's kind of what happened. They they eventually in the mid 2000s kind of like outsmarted some of the American teams that were out there, and there was a bad combination of shit what happened in 2004 in Athens. But I think they also lost in 2006 the championship, the world championship too. Um, but yeah, Manu's got a gold medal. People don't realize that because Argentina won, and so does uh, Luis Scola. So uh, there you go. Now you know. Not sure if uh, people forgot. I think uh, Carlos Delfino also played in the league for a little bit. And a couple other guys. 
Argentina. I want to say Prigioni when he was really young, when he was like prime Prigioni. Because when he came and played in uh, the NBA on the Knicks and Clippers, he was uh, already way up, way, way, way up there. I was just kind of like just doing it for shits and giggles type shit. Like, yeah, I think I can still do this, play at the top league in the world. And he just like didn't want to go over for the longest. I get it. I get it. It's kind of crazy to people who like in the U.S. They don't necessarily think about that. Like someone can probably have a better situation playing at a lesser uh, league than wanting to like uh, try to compete against everybody else here in the NBA because for some of them they're the best player on the team they're living like kings the ball gets to them they get to play their game how they want to they probably have more favorability with the coaches they're used to the culture they don't have to move sometimes or if they do it's like not too far Um, and a little bit more relatable I'd say there's, uh, you know, the language barrier sometimes too. Uh, culture, as we said, the uh, the lifestyle, the travel, sometimes different, and it's a uh, it's a different vibe. So you can understand why people might not necessarily want to like leave the the easier, calmer environment for the the, the muddy waters, especially because I've seen plenty of dudes who just like end up being in the in the doghouse of this particular coach at a particular time and they don't get another shot and it's kind of what happens and then you see them play and you see them you know pop up every here and then you see them play in a tournament and you're like oh yeah i forgot about that dude that dude's pretty solid and then you, and then they get better and then or they grow or whatever maybe they utilize better and then you're like oh shit why didn't he stick around the league but then it was it wasn't the right fit and they're kind of like, fuck this, too. Sometimes they're taking pay cuts to come to the NBA. T- Some people don't even realize. <clears throat> the ad money you can get out there in Europe. And go on and on. So I got some, uh known a few people who have, like, gone and played in Europe. I'm going to shout out my um, homie, Anthony Island. Ex-LMU uh, alumni. Uh, homie from Waterbury, Connecticut. I haven't seen him in a while, but he's been traveling the world. I've seen him on Instagram and uh, Facebook and all that. He's been all over doing the damn thing, playing point guard for uh, a couple different leagues. He's been in, like, Lithuania, Italy. Um, let me see where he's at now. might just be able to just look him up and Google him. But yeah. He's got his own little foundation in Waterbury, Connecticut, which is pretty pretty admirable, honestly. I think that's uh, that's where it's at. He's a real positive dude. And he, when I met him, when I came across him, he's still growing as a person too. So I see where he's at, and I feel like I don't know. I've never I haven't kicked it with him like that, but I feel like he's really really calmed down and shit. Maybe not. Maybe not. So he's just everyone's young and shit. I party with him too. I was me too. I was there with him. <laughs> we didn't do crazy shit. Like anything too fla- anything flagrant at all, but like you know, just being college students is what it is. Uh, let's see. All right, yeah, he's in Lithuania. I want to say. Yep. 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 This dude was amazing at LMU. Best player since Hank Gathers. I'd say it. And Bo Kimball. 
I'll definitely say it. Because he actually got on the Summer League roster and got some looks. And there's a couple dudes who have gotten that also. Drew Viney comes to mind. So there's been a few guys that have gotten close. But uh, shout out to Ant. He's carved out his career um, for him, which is uh, amazing. Because you never really know. It's always like a gamble. And it depends on like where you end up and if you have good people around you making good decisions and if you, uh, if you have a place where you can thrive. And I've seen him with some highlights and stuff. He's been doing the damn thing. <clears throat> so yeah, playing your trade, doing what you need to. But it's kind of funny. So, Ant, if you out there, if you're listening, man, come on the show next time you're in L.A. Probably have some time. Probably be over here in uh, the summertime, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to have to try to get that shit together. Anyway, we got uh, a couple other things I was trying to talk about um, here. Yeah, I got these notes and shit, and it's like, it makes sense in the moment. And then I'm like, nah, I don't really, don't really want to talk about it then. But anyway... A while ago, I was watching this, uh, what, what you call it? Uh, LeBron James, man, he had a 40 point triple double. A 40 point triple double the other day. I don't, pe- I don't think people realize how fucking crazy that shit is. In his 15th season of his NBA career, having logged almost more minutes than anybody that I can remember through that, that period of time, played international duty and done damn near everything. This dude put up a 40-point triple-double and is like has his team on his back for like pretty much this whole season without Kyrie and uh, with uh, an injured and then hobbled Isaiah Thomas and then disgruntled Isaiah Thomas. And a Jay Crowder who's uh, looking like he's kind of loafing it or I don't even fucking know. I don't know what's going on with him. Just wasn't vibing. Just wasn't fucking with the people on the team or what. Because it was just kind of like their own clique. Some of the veterans, I feel. But who knows? Who knows? They got a little bit different mix and infusion now. I've talked about how I I think it's a little better. But some of the young guys are kind of falling into the same situations that the the, the players that they just traded away kind of had. Standing and watching for LeBron. Case in point, the motherfucker got a 40-point triple-double. Damn, dude. But, man, he's had some dunks recently. My God. Just fucking baptizing motherfuckers left and right. Just putting them in body bags. Whew. I guess that wouldn't be baptism. It would be, like, the, the last rites. Again, last rites read by... King James. It's the edition of the Bible. This dude's reading. Man. Just an unreal. 15th year in his career. And uh, he's just going off. And you got to appreciate it while he's here. Because we're not going to see this version of LeBron forever. We'll see how long he can last. I don't want to put an end to it because 
I mean, quite frankly, we've never seen a dude like LeBron from the onset that was completely dedicated to his craft and with the knowledge and the, and the technology and the capabilities to actually uh, put that into fruition and to sustain and, and maintain and stay on top when everybody's coming for you or at least to be up there with discussion. Because this dude is like, I think we've talked about it before. Like the video game stats, he's got the best overall all around. He's got every single uh, box ticked. Every single one. It's like not one basketball attribute or characteristic that you won't, you know, that you would call for. That he doesn't tick off to a certain degree. Now granted, certain guys beat him in certain categories. But as the full complete package, there's nobody I could see and compare with. He's like Magic mixed with Dr. J mixed with like Chris Mullen now. I don't know. It's weird. It's crazy. Because now he's got the three-pointer. <laughs> you know, until you get guys like that, it's just like they finally uh, unlocked that last check mark and the, the last couple ones that they usually get. If you're a wing player, it's going to be post-game and it's going to be that three-pointer sometimes for certain guys or a mid-range game. Like a flotation device, a little floater, or um, a pull-up, where you got a little Paul Pierce, little one-footed uh, old man move, stick your fucking shoulder into a dude and pull up on a jumper type move. I perfected that one too, old man game. That's how I still be out. Uh, used to be out there balling, man. When dudes would be like way bigger and more athletic than me, I just had that old man game as a young dude. Cause I think I probably learned too much from my dad, cause he'd be schooling me as a as a kid. And he wouldn't let up too for um, a long while, and I appreciate that, cause it made it worthwhile to actually beating him in something. The first time I actually beat him in, in pickup basketball was like the most gratifying thing. It's like I had beaten the boss in like the ultimate game of like Super Mario or something. Bajenka, damn, that's a nice three right there, Austin Rivers. I see you. Um, man, yeah, beating my dad at basketball that was like the the most gratifying ultimate feeling that I had ever gotten. It's like busting like ten nuts all in like one time, just pa like oh my god, I did it, I accomplished it, I'm incredible, I'm amazing. Yeah, I remember that moment vividly, playing in like uh, our blacktop uneven pavement in the driveway. You got to know where all the nooks and crannies are so you don't twist your ankles. I'd have, like, friends over and playing, and I'd just be, like, defending them into certain dead dead areas. <laughs> Places where I know they couldn't pull up for to shoot because there was a palm tree that would, like, come over the side, like, on the right wing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you, like, push them to the driveway, the part of the driveway where it slopes downwards a little bit. And then they got to shoot the jumper, and they shoot it short. Yeah, you got to be smart, man. You got to think about all these little things. Got to be educated ball player. That's kind of how I played. Uh, but yeah, that moment, and then I remember the first time making a basket on a regulation hoop, which was also in my driveway. That was incredible. I was out there for about hour and, no, nah, probably like a couple hours trying to get it. And I had been trying for like days too. Damn, Lou Williams just got 
smack in the face. Stu's hands hurting too. Here's Jabari Brown. It's crazy. Yeah, I was out there just chucking him up there, chucking him up there, chucking him up there. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Hit rim, close. There was somewhere it would just like rest up on the on the rim and fall out. Miss sideways. Miss missed it the other way. Just like have to get like, you know, a little kid gotta run up and push with like all your might, nothing like the body. And when I finally chucked that up there and it went in, man. That was another just gratifying ass feeling. It's crazy. But uh yeah, it's basketball, man. I love basketball. It's my favorite sport. Just love the way the dribble up and down the court. And I'm not gonna continue. But yeah. LeBron, it's crazy. And those some of those dunks that he's been getting though. You can tell. Um, I feel, or I, I would say, I feel like some of the players might have kind of like, maybe not forgotten, or, but they're getting a little bit more we're like, all right, now is the time where maybe I, should, I can challenge him versus before. And, you know, there's a lot of times where I see him like dunk and move into the hoop and stuff like that. And there's like, honestly... There should be more chances of him getting these posterizations because I feel like they happen more often in the 90s and the 2000s because the dudes who play defense just didn't give a fuck. They were just like out there like, I'm going to do my thing, like whatever. If I get yammed on, I get yammed on. I'm going for the block. I'm protecting this hole out of principle. Where nowadays you see guys taking, it looks like they're taking business decisions, kind of jumping out of the way, trying to grab him, you know, doing this like half-ass effort type bullshit. Kind of pitiful. I see it a lot. Maybe it's just the regular season. Maybe it'll change in the playoffs. Who knows? We'll see. Kind of does. It gets a little, little more rough and tough in the playoffs. I do love me some NBA playoffs. Amazing. But yeah, you you wonder if like social media has had effect in terms of where the players perceive themselves. And like how they they conduct themselves in certain situations, because I feel like a lot of uh, athletes in general, or celebrities in general, probably about like twenty thirty years ago could get away with a lot more, a lot easier than they could now, to a certain degree. It's because everybody has accessibility to to record and document everything. Case in point, me doing this goddamn show. Damn. Yep, that's the travel. This dude caught the ball in the corner, did a little hop step, and then took a dribble. Yeah, you can't do that. Chris Middleton. But, yeah. I really think they do be taking business decisions. They be thinking, like, honestly, I got to protect myself and my brand because um, I need to be in a place where I can negotiate the largest amount of money and make myself that fat contract or put myself in a position to be on a good team and have uh, that many options or the ability to present yourself in a way so that you can actually now have a uh, career after basketball or even just getting advertisements during your career and things of that nature. These are all things that like athletes now I feel like pay attention to a lot, lot more 
than even like 20, 30 years ago. I feel like athletes are just like kind of whatever about shit like that. Even some of them that you know be out there having a good time. You just, uh, they just do it in their own way and you just don't really, uh, I don't know. You don't really see too much crazy shit. There's there's some shit here every uh, every here and there. I'm not gonna lie, cause it's just people. And what's crazy too is like they've done studies too, out of like the percentage of like all the NFL players. Like they they talk about like criminality of like athletes. It's actually lower than like the uh, the crime rate in terms of just the general population. Like it's about even, but it's a little slight. It was like slightly lower last time we saw these statistics. And I feel it would be probably be the same for basketball because it's just like people are people, you know. People are gonna act like people. It's human nature to a certain degree. You gotta be like understanding that shit. Shit might happen to, to a certain like you know. There's always gonna be someone that pushes things. There's always gonna be someone that tries to take things a little too far. Just a matter of, in terms of uh, what degree. But yeah, you, you feel like nowadays guys are they're making these marketing moves on the court too, in terms of what they try to do and what they try to pull off, or maybe they uh, they play in a certain way or they're trying to look a certain way. That does happen, and you you can tell sometimes when guys are putting on they're trying to be a little fake. You can kind of see through some of that in certain guys. One dude comes to mind. I mean, it's got to be like Dwight, Dwight Howard, in terms of like his personality, because you feel like he was kind of like hamming it up and playing himself up to a certain degree. Like he was almost like acting childish just because he knew that that was kind of like his niche and his thing. And a lot of people, I think, would say Blake Griffin kind of like personified that a little bit too, of just like kind of being a little too more showy than he needed to be. But I don't, I don't necessarily agree. He was, I think Blake was Blake. It wasn't too bad. He had a really good appearance on uh, Broad City. It was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, so two weeks in a row we referenced Broad City. Just gotta shout out the women, man. Shout out to y'all doing it. But uh, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, you wonder. You wonder sometimes because they don't want to be the dude getting added on Twitter after some shit like that happens. You don't want your mentions blowing up on some negative shit. So I get, I get that. But ultimately, you got to think bigger. Yeah, it's it's tough mentally. You just gotta you gotta put up with it. You gotta do it, or they can get to you. So it's their decision in terms of uh, how they take that perspective into it and all that shit. But yeah, you wonder though, like how does this like kind of change in uh, uh, over time? Like where does it go from here? Cause you see a lot of players that constantly want that self-adoration. They want the good, good shit. They want the likes, not the downvotes or whatever. They want the upvotes, not the downvotes. I'm not even sure that's a fucking thing no more. They be changing fucking social media every two weeks. Oh, Milos. What a fucking pass. Uh, 
Yeah, Clippers won. Kachunka, Bull won. With the players only broadcast. Yeah, all these dudes don't want the self-adoration. They want the pats on the back. And that's what social media can give you a lot of times. But it can give you the opposite, too. It's, like, real extreme. There's very uh, hardly any, like, real measured uh, um, thoughts or opinions and things of that nature. And if they're not being truth, like, truthful up front, then they're just being facetious and it's just trolling. So sometimes it's hard to see that line, see where sarcasm is. And just understand that you just got to be up in it. It's like uh, it's kind of like its own new phenomenon, in terms of like people being like memeified. It's kind of a crazy thing. Just have an honest like to God reaction to something, and then like have it be recorded, and everyone in the world just understanding and knowing, and and uh, it's like an inside joke that everyone knows. It's a motherfucking outside joke. Yeah, making that shit up. Yeah, you can use it. Gotta give credit. Give me a CC. Or an HT, was it? Hat tip. Yep. Mm -hmm. You can CC me in the email too, so I know. You can add me on Twitter. It's good. It's all good. I don't even know what I just said right there. It's like in between words. Just noises. Yeah, moving on. Smooth transition. Man, speaking of social media, though, actually, honestly, it's it's amazing and it's cool, like, from the other side and other perspective sometimes. Like, at least it can be, depending on, like, how, how you treat it and how you use it. Because uh, I got some shout-outs on uh, – or shout-out some people. I got some – got to talk to some few, few people on uh, Instagram – and uh was it twitter too so we're gonna give some shout outs first one was like uh yo romero and joey diaz they did that podcast uh, a few weeks ago which was like really incredible and amazing uh i was only shitting on joey just because i, I felt like i understood a little bit uh more of what like yoel was trying to explain because joey he doesn't know like like, he admitted it. He knows the street Spanish and shit like that. Like, he says shit that I don't even know. Like, that all that Santeria shit in this episode that I just saw yesterday. It was really fucking incredible, too. With this dude, uh, I think, TJ English. Uh, he was on the, the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, my God. It was amazing. They were talking about the corporation. Dude, I, f- I fucking couldn't turn that shit off. Immediately as I got home, I saw that shit was up. I was like, boom, putting this on. This is incredible. And because uh, I saw that immediately, there was a whole bunch of, uh, like, uh, other side pages that I follow on YouTube that like put up little clips of the JRE show and there was some like cool little like headlines that I could already see I was like oh shit this is gonna be a real ass podcast let me start from the beginning I'm gonna watch I wanna, I'm probably gonna wanna watch all of this shit so I did and then yeah man that shit was incredible that shit was crazy so I recommend going and listening to that downloading that or just watching it on YouTube it's whatever or Vimeo you can help uh, Joe Rogan's Vimeo accounts. Um, yeah, man. So they were doing their thing, and then I shouted them out. And I tweeted at them a couple times. And that shit was, uh, that shit was pretty funny. Let's see if I can bring it up here. 
let's see. It was a while ago, man. Be getting some likes and shit. Uh, what was this? I just gotta go back. I was talking to Paul Gutierrez today, cause he's like mentioned Doug Martin and like how he's from uh, Stockton and uh, Oakland. He's like, yeah, we gotta bring all the dudes, cause like Gruden was talking. Uh, uh, it's like, yeah, we gotta bring all these dudes uh, back from like the Bay if we can, cause they got like Josh Johnson, which is Marshawn's cousin. Who's from Oakland? They got Marshawn's from Oakland. They got Doug Martin from Stockton, born in Oakland though. So I still told him that I was like, "Yo, he was born in Oakland though." And he he replied to me, and he goes, "Oh really? Like when?" <laughs> it's funny ass meme shit. And I fucking gave him one back like LOL and gave him a little uh, Rodney Hudson giving dap, well gift right back. So that was cool. Yeah, here we go. Yo, Romero was liking some shit. It was cool. It was a good time. Uh, people were, like, replying to me and shit like that. And I was like, eh, it was cool. That's what was cool about social media. Not cool, too. Uh, but, yeah, he was... It was... Uh, um, a little rusty. But I, think, I feel like people were, like, talking shit, though. But <laughs> Joey Diaz replied to me. And uh, he's like, sorry, my, my Spanish is rusty, dot, dot, dot. That <laughs> was pretty funny. We were getting some shit in here. Uh, yeah, here we go. So I added, like, a whole bunch of them. I was like, uh, um, I was like, I'm loving this At Joe Rogan podcast with Yo Romero and Matt Flavor. But being bilingual, I'm a little upset Joe isn't getting everything that Yo was mentioning. Joey missed a few things as a channel. Still love you, unk. Because he kind of was, though. Because there was a few moments in there where you see, like, Joe. And he's kind of, like, Yoel would say, like, a, uh, like something. He's telling a story. And Joey's just taking it in. And he's, like, trying to, like, you know, he's just, like, listening. And, and he's intrigued, obviously. I mean, I would be, too. Fucking Yoel Romero's story is fucking crazy. And I think there was things, like, some things, like, like, like in terms of, like, sporting-wise. Like, he didn't, like, maybe was familiar with. Um, uh, Joey. Uh, because that's not his expertise though he's a fucking comedian like i'm not expecting him to know that shit but it's just it was just like kind of funny because i think joe rogan would have like taken like some pleasure in understanding some of the things and i think he would have asked her different questions how do you understand or understood a, a couple different things uh that yoel was saying but at some point they got to put like the the subtitles and shit up too on that that would be really cool i don't know if somebody's ever done somebody's done that yet but uh uh yeah, there was like one thing in particular I remember because he was talking about the Bundesliga for wrestling, and I didn't even know that they had a Bundesliga because the Bundesliga is just a, a sporting league that for that particular sport that's in Germany. That's what they they use to call like the professional league for that sport. So they have a Bundesliga in basketball, uh, and then they have the Bundesliga in like uh, football, soccer. Um, so like the Bundesliga, that's like where Bayern Munich plays. That's like uh, Borussia Dortmund. They got Schalke uh, 04. They got, uh, um, let's see, what other teams can I list? Um, now I'm blanking. God damn it. Oh, um, Bayer Leverkusen. How did I miss them? There's some more. I'm, yeah, I'm blanking. Blanking right now. But, uh, yeah. 
he was talking about how there was like a, a German wrestling league, and that was one of the reasons why he decided to leave the um, you know emigrate from Cuba um, because his they had like international wrestling tournament, the Cuban national team in Germany at the time. So if he left there, he could instantly get a job and like train that way. And then eventually do MMA, like he was explaining how like he had a, a desire to to become an MMA fighter, and he couldn't do it in Cuba because that's just not what they they know. That's not what they do. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a, a moment. Maybe Joe would have like you know followed up on that and like you know like I, I was interested in that. I would have asked him about it. Um, if I ever get a chance to talk to Yoel, I might ask him that. Uh, oh yeah, Yoel, si tú quieres. Viene y um, pasar un, un ratito aquí en mi, uh, uh, mi podcast. Uh, uh, la próxima vez que usted uh, está aquí en Los Ángeles, llámame. Oye, coño. Pero sí, shout out Yoel. Going for that belt. Pero yeah. But he was, uh, I could see how he was getting lost, though, because, I mean, that's like a touching ass story too for him uh um and then his like uh for me cuban spanish is like tough to begin with um uh, like for me as somebody said eso es porque los cubanos tienen un sazón que nadie tiene jaja <laughs> somebody was funny though somebody was like next time get segura to translate i thought that shit was good there but uh um yeah yeah, it was props to Coco though. He was fucking uh, Uncle Joey. He was doing. Uh, he did a good, good ass job. It was hilarious because he was turning every, every, fucking every, every like every time uh, as a description. Uh, you all would be like, uh, "Este era muy, muy, muy duro, muy duro," and he'd just be like, "This was fucking hard, real fucking hard." You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> the way he would translate that. It was hilarious. It was hilarious and like. Translated in his own joy way, and I fucking loved it. I was dying. It was, it was amazing. It was, it was amazing on so many different levels. But uh, uh, he kept saying uh, metodología, metodología, and fucking joy just couldn't get it. He's like, well, I can't get it. And it's is if uh, the way that I know Spanish is is like kind of fucked up and different than like most people because uh, my experience with Spanish is like is weird. Cause like honestly, I was a, a like a Portugal child growing up who didn't really like speak Spanish that much um, in the house with my family or anything like that, and so I was like mostly the English speaking Mexican kid. So that's like uh, something that like is like kind of frowned upon and looked down upon from like people who who are either bilingual or just Spanish speaking, which is like even kind of crazy. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a wolf in sheep's clothing type shit, and like uh, I think the term like uh, coco or coconut. So that's uh, brown on the outside, white on the inside. If I gotta explain it to you in easiest terms, so that was uh, that was kind of me, and it was kind of embarrassing, and I felt shameful. But I kind of learned it actually like through school, which is kind of insane. Just kind of for forced myself to do it, and um, actually uh, eventually ended up getting a minor in Spanish in college too. So. Um, uh, mis habilidades de comprender este. Uh, Lenguaje es uh, uh, se mejoraron en, um, um, en comparación que antes, pero uh, no es perfecto. Uh, ¿Me entiendes? Y soy pocho y qué? Y qué? So that's all you really need to know. But uh, 
um yeah so my understanding of spanish is like real technical and it's more of like the the, the structure of the language i can kind of figure out and i can kind of like reverse engineer it backwards because that's kind of one of the ways that my brain kind of works is uh like trying to figure out some shit like frontwards and backwards so uh yeah you're saying like uh metodología which is like a methodology so like he was explaining like the methodology that they used in terms of how they um structured the way the athletes lived and competed against each other like on the national teams it was just dog eat dog from the way he was explaining and the way they did it like a pyramid system so like every every uh like uh rungs on the ladder so every single time you were like uh um you know you moved up a spot or a ranking then your situation got a little bit better until you got to the top obviously his dude was living like uh like a king so then the second dude was a little bit worse third dude a little bit worse in other countries it's not necessarily like that maybe the top 20 dudes are all living in and you know on like equal paying field um and then you have maybe like a ranking under there but over there in cuba the way joel was explaining it was like this fucking doggy dog man i didn't really know that so that was cool cool to understand um yeah but uh it was crazy um <laughs> oh man it's hilarious it's someone was like joey i'd be 100 percent on board for you to be his translator for his post-fight interviews in the octagon Agun wants to meet Mackenzie Dunner. I'll tell him create the new age of usv fighters <laughs> it was like that shit was hilarious oh man man yeah so he actually did a good, a good shit that was that was funny so he shouted me out that was cool that was real cool and shout out to yoel he uh he liked my shit too he saw that shit and uh i love you i love you yo i love you so got some love got some uh love on twitter for that shit or a little shit some people were kind of coming at me uh um yeah let me see let me see what else happened um Yeah, going through here. Oh yeah, Justin Hunt retweeted me. Shout out to Justin Hunt. He does the uh, um, these uh, hip hop breakdowns on YouTube. He's got a dope page. Um, he's on Ambrosia for Heads too, so he does some school shit. So shout out to him. Uh, yeah. Damn, I'm going back a couple weeks. Why am I doing this? This is like not riveting as fuck. Yeah, who cares? I'm doing it. Because I fucking feel like it. Because I fucking feel... I actually have a, a fucking list of people that are fucking... Whatever. Martellus Bennett. I was listening to another show, fucking show. And we had... There was like Bill Simmons had uh, him and uh, his brother. Um, Michael. Bennett so Martellus he just retired this is happening like right before he announced it and man that shit was another funny one so I recommend listening to that shit that shit was pretty pretty fucking hilarious <laughs> oh man Bennett brothers kind of like took over conversation shit it was it was really good um man they were they had they told this one story oh man <laughs> about uh 
uh, having like a cutout of Evan Mendez. I think it was like uh, uh, one of them. I can't even remember who it was. One of them had it like on the front seat of the car, like in the in the passenger seat, <laughs> like strap them in, like strapped in and shit. Oh man, that that moment that shit had me going. But uh, yeah, man, Martellus Bennett retweeted that shit. So shout out to y'all. So I always love it. I love it. You gotta send positive vibes because it'll come back to you. That's why. Yeah, man. That's just uh, that's just how it is. So then, uh, <laughs> I also tweet. Also, like a couple days ago, shouted out Burner because I bought it the ticket. I was like going to his show with him, Two Chains, Chief Keef, Styles P, Trippy Red, and then I was like shouted out everybody. And I was like, it's finna be overcast indoors. Yada da feel me. And uh, hashtag a couple shit. And he actually screenshotted it, put it up on his Instagram. And was like, yo, buy tickets to my shit. And so I was like, oh, fuck. That shit gonna be cool. And so, yeah. It's gonna be dope. Me and the cousin. uh, We're going. Fucking. Primo Fidel. He's coming through. I'm gonna get that ticket too. Yeah. Um yeah. A word? Yeah, he did one of those uh Paul Gutierrez, that's funny. Ha Oh man. It is what it is. Um What was I saying? Yeah, I had some other ones too. We're gonna bring up the list just to close it out. Theo Vaughn, that's right. I'm not sure what where that came from. Maybe uh, some dude was listening to my uh, my call into the show, so I'm listening to a lot of his shows recently. That dude is funny as fuck as well. And I just called in. It was like I, talking to him about like Okies, and I like shouted my shit out. And so it was the it was not his page, his like individual page. It was the page from the uh, um, the show. The uh, was it this last weekend? So shout out to Theo, shout out to Burner, shout out to Martellus Bennett. Oh yeah, I had Mr. Fab. Um, he's shouted me out. I've shouted him out. He shouted. He's, he's retweeted me shouting him out. So it's cool. Got got it. It's all about the love, right? Like I was saying. So uh, yeah, me just kind of standing. It is what it is. I think they're just cool peoples. I, I fuck with like cool peoples more than like actually like being the, maybe the most talented in your field, cause it's you know it's life's about choices, and I'm about that. Oh no, Anthony Davis tweaked an ankle. No good, no good. Pellies are going uh, from two superstar big men to maybe one. Oh no, or to none. Oh, here's Davis. He's back. He's hitting jumpers like nobody's business. That dude is crazy. Unreal. There's like 10 to 20 NBA players that are just like, you're just like, what? That's real? These dudes can do that shit? I'm just watching these highlights right now. Dame Lillard. Oh, my God. Saucy. The town. Repping hard. Yeah, man. But yeah, the, the new podcast, though, that I was saying, that was really dope. Last, uh, yes, last night. Hold on a second. I got I gotta fix some shit. Close the window. Oh 
just be hearing like a bunch of random people and shit. We just intruding. Intruding on the motherfuckers. Uh, we like 90 minutes in. All right. Yeah, last topic. We're going to wrap it up. Um, so just get some shit off my chest and put another episode in. So, like I was saying, that uh, Joey, Joe Rogan, I think the guy was like uh, TJ English, something, something like that. This guy, he wrote uh, this book on uh, the connections with the Cuban mob in Jersey and New York City. Um, and the whole history behind it, and it, it was just, it was fascinating, I love history, I'm a history buff as well, I love knowing about, like, what actually happened, and how things really went down, versus the, the public, publicly held story versions of it, so it was very enlightening, very, very cool to see, and I'm mostly a big fan of, uh, finding, uh, see the other world shit, and how that goes down, and the levels of corruption within politics and man it was it was intense it was crazy it was funny at the same time too joey diaz explaining santeria and like oh it was insane but i found that very interesting that section where he's talking about santeria and like how there's like all these weird customs and stuff and there's like the different saints that relate to uh um sometimes the some catholicism as well because uh that's the way santeria santeria was like uh kept as like a religious tradition tradition because uh, it's like from the the slave trade in africa is where it really came so that's kind of that like yoruba shit but it's in different uh countries as uh the guest was saying he was saying that uh one of his uh ex uh, ex-girlfriends or something or ex-wife I can't remember was uh, Brazilian and they had their version of Santeria which is a little different but it's uh, similar and uh, Joe was explaining it they were explaining it to to Joe and that shit was, uh, shit was really interesting and it made me very uh, um, made me look, make the comparisons too kind of between the Santeria shit and the Brujeria shit that kind of I'm a little bit more accustomed and used to and like uh, I'm a little bit more familiar with kind of as a distance but it's a similar type of concept and shit because it's like basically the religious beliefs of the people who were in the Americas before versus the Catholicism that came because of the um, the, the Spaniards and the Portuguese and uh and how that manifested itself in the new world but there was like a kind of a fusion of that shit and so there's like a like some brujas for real for real that are still like up and going and uh that still is like exist in different cities and shit too i don't really like seek it out here in la but i'm pretty damn sure i could go find me a bruja that can like give me a fucking spell or something that would help me or you know fuck up my enemies or something but uh nah i think i'm good that's kind of some out there shit um yeah it's very interesting it's fascinating though because i think there is some you can take a little bit out of everything and so that santeria shit was really really interesting it's just so funny that like every religion like structure has like its own parameters whether you have to have like self self self-control or like something that you just have to do without 
um, kind of like strengthens your resolve, I guess. Just kind of like a common connection because I remember they were saying that, that like if there's, there's a bunch of like random beliefs you gotta have to have if you believe in santeria and there's like one they're saying that you put like one particular saint above your door because it's a saint of like passageway but he's like a trickster type saint and the way they do it is they like kind of assign like a different type of saint to like personality to like whoever's a, a part of the religion so if you put that like uh tribute to them above your doorway you can't whistle in the house it was like something weird like joey was saying and so joey was saying like he he always wears white t-shirts all the time because it's like real symbolic of uh you know the culture and he said like when you're coming a saint i guess is what they call it or something i can't remember how he's how he phrased it but you gotta wear like white for a whole year like nothing but white man that must be crazy i think it kind of makes sense now because i remember some friends just constantly doing that growing up huh huh maybe they were into some of that like low-key religious stuff maybe not maybe not interesting to think of though for sure but i think there was like a real comparison between like the brujas and like the curanderas and that kind of vibe too because those are not necessarily the same thing um but the curanderas is like a big big theme in this book that i read growing up and i, I was like it made me think about it at, at work today and i was like during my break, just kind of on the side Googling, reading up on Bless Me With The Mind, like all that, uh, um, the, that book and the whole story and everything and the, like the history behind it because it was, uh, the author Rudolfo and I, he did a, it was very interesting. I read it, I can't remember when I exactly read it, probably high school, I think. I want to say high school because I feel like I read it before college and it was, it was interesting because you kind of see the different cultures in New Mexico of uh, the 1800s type of uh, era. And you have like the mix of the uh, Native Amerindian tribes or whatever term you want to use. Uh, the people who are there, you have the mix from the, the Spanish um, and Mexico in particular at this point which is already an independent country that had possession of New Mexico and all the land all the way up to Colorado Colorado um, so and then all the way to the west coast and then that gets taken over again by the US and then it's a different transition from there and so it's kind of the, the apex of like all those things combined and it's the it's like the Venn diagram of all of those scenarios kind of coming together and it's really interesting and the, the difference between living the uh on the plains and everything the llano, the llano life or the llano knife life llano llano type lifestyle that like his dad had and his mom was more of like uh you know stable like stay in one spot and like be domesticated and kind of like you know tend tend the crops and do that type of lifestyle the farming lifestyle was the mom and there was a like the clash between that and so there was a lot of like cool themes throughout it and there's uh 
the curandera that's like the you know throughout is a big big character oh wow rose gold got uh your rose gold on one on one do i'm sorry rose i'm butchering your name too beautiful too beautiful tv you're too beautiful tv i'm sorry i got a thing for you um but yeah and then jamel hill on my tv screen right here i think this shams and kg yeah kg kg his like hood that he be wearing on the show this is so ridiculous it's so ridiculous he's not wearing it right now but it is so crazy he's got like tape on his fucking bald head on the side just to keep it up like there's no way that shit stays naturally no way no way craziness Stu you kg oh, i love you kg um but yeah Back to what I was saying, yeah, just bless, bless me, Ultima. That was like really, really interesting book, and I actually totally forgot there was actually two sequels too. So I might actually go ahead and read that and just get back in touch with kind of that uh, that culture, that that time frame, that era. Oh, did I say eighteen hundreds? Oh, I lied. That was like nineteen, no, nineteen, no. Yeah, early nineteen hundreds. Rose gold on Wude. That's how you say it. Some, something like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yep, Shams. Shams. Oh, he went to Loyola University, Chicago. Shout out to the Loyolas. All right. At some point, I'm gonna try to get myself onto that show. Yeah, cause I'm just gonna just talk it into existence. That's what's gonna happen. Any event. Another big thing that I've been trying to thinking about too is just like being accepting or resistant to change and evolution and adaptation. And I guess that kind of transitions into like the Bless Me Ultima story because it was just kind of like a new confluence of cultures and ideas and, and flavors coming together and trying to figure out and like make sense of it all. It was, uh, but yeah, the people who like uh, eventually adapt and like move on are the ones that succeed. The people who like get stuck in a certain way and mind frame of doing things are the ones that get left in the past and then end up uh, being, you know, the downfall, unfortunately, or seeing a downfall. So it's uh, it's interesting to think about because I feel like that's it's always been the case. It's always forever been the case because, I mean, you think the motherfucking Neanderthals back in the day were just chilling and then boom, out of nowhere, here's a fucking... Uh, well, Ice Age coming at you Out of fucking left field You can't prepare for that and People who live are The ones who adapted Figured it out Or were able to Or were lucky enough So It's kind of funny to think The people who are here living today Me and you Everyone who's here We are the results of the survivors from the past So Everyone who's living is, is like has the genes of the most fucking just adaptable, like people who would just like not give up type type uh type personalities and like you get you know, it's it's we have the skills necessary to keep it moving and keep the line going forward and that's like naturally our goals. 
And so it's like interesting too because uh, populations have definitely boomed and gone crazy over time because we've like been able to eliminate a lot of like horrible nasty shit and diseases and um, uh, you know premature births and things of that nature. It's it's you know it's a lot uh, a lot more easier accessible to get uh, access to doctors and treatments and medicine than it's ever been. Even you know, how crazy it is here in the U.S. for um, what you called it. Um, man, I'm like distracted right now because I'm looking at the TV screen. They're showing this King's tweet because there was uh, another situation at the Kings game where the protesters blocked the entrances today again. Second game in a row, it's Kings Mavs. Mavs won 103.97, but they're not even gonna show the highlights because these teams are a little in the dumps this year. You got Chris Webber all talking all slow and like uh, low. This is a grave situation. Definitely, I'm pre- pretty sure he's probably um, thinking about what would happen to Stephon Clark and. The protest that happened in Sacramento because of uh, he got shot twenty times by a police officer. Um, granted, they said he was the suspect for vandalism. If he was, he deserved punishment, but definitely not that punishment. That shit is way extreme. And the way that the cops cut the audio off and everything, and it was uh, not not a good look for Sac PD. Man, it's not the shit we need to be having. If you want to beat his ass, beat his ass. Granted, vandalism. He was like apparently breaking into a bunch of cars, but he was in his grandma's backyard with a cell phone in his hand. Um, and they just like fired off on him with like no discretion. Twenty rounds. I saw the video. It was pretty, pretty ridiculous. Yeah, sad, 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 sad reality. But yeah, like I was saying, I mean, we're the descendants of like the people who fucking figured that shit out. If you gotta think about it, like I think about like my direct family and the stories and everything that we get passed down. Apparently, like I had like my great grandfather on my dad's side was, uh, or great great grandfather was this beast of a man who. There's like a rumor that one day, one uh, one time in like this, uh, I want to say in Aquitzeramo or somewhere in Michoacan, where my my dad's from, in Mexico, it was uh, apparently there was like a flood, like uh, one year, and he needed to get all the way to the side because he needed to get home, and he had his horse, and he was the horse was scared of the flood and the waters, and so apparently what he did is he got off. Put the horse. The, the story goes, he put the horse around his uh, shoulders, and he carried the horse over the through the waters and through the rapids until he got to the other side, and then rode the horse back. Because <laughs> he had, I think, uh, his shit on the sides. But even if that shit wasn't real, that's a badass fucking story to have, man. That shit's in my blood, though. But you gotta think about that. Like every dude who's like came over is just like some fucking courageous motherfucker who's like figured some shit out or was less lucky enough to be, you know, have. Or smart enough to have figured that shit out. So, 
the key in the code of like moving forward is within us. So it's just a matter of being able to utilize that and realize it and being able to uh, you know, take potential energy and convert it into kinetic energy pretty much. So kind of the opposite of what I'm doing now. <laughs> Less talking and more doing, but y'all feel me. Y'all feel me. I'm watching some C Web highlights here back in Michigan, man. That era. Fab Five era. It's crazy. Ooh. Did not shout out Jalen Rose. Okay, C Web, I see you. I see you. I like both dudes. I, I, I kind of can play the field and shit. I don't know if they still got a little beef. They 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 weren't necessarily seeing eye to eye. But yeah, they're just talking talking about it right now. It's Baron Davis, Shaq, C Web, Isaiah Thomas. Ooh, look at that pass, man. <laughs> man, crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> That's funny. Michigan talking shit on or try, uh, Chris. C Web talking shit on LSU Shaq. <laughs> like, we don't want nothing from LSU, man. <laughs> oh man. Oh, here we go. We're gonna see LeBron's duck again here on the Nets. Take off. Oh my god. That's just incredible. That's a bald hearing man. That's a balding man right there just doing some shit like that. It's unreal. Oof. Craziness. Craziness. But yeah. Uh I think I think we've had enough. Ooh, look at Kevin Love. He had a fucking tooth and got knocked loose. I don't think he came back in the game. That shit was crazy. Yeah, little chicklet, little loose chicklet. Oh, this was the first game tonight. Oh, D Wade. D Wade got the South Beach ass shoes on. Got that turquoise, turquoise color. Oh, Kelly Olynyk. I've interviewed him personally before for the WCC. Oh, I see you, LeBron. You got that shit too. Oh, D Wade. Say, so get that nasty shit out of here. Just swipe LeBron. That's crazy. Damn, I, I like how the NBA is just letting these guys just wear the shoe colors or whatever the fuck they feel like. Kind of like how soccer does it. That's a little more creativity and like uh, let players like personality shine through. Boom! Look at that, George Hill to Braun Eliup. That was dope. Um, I think that was a cool little subtle thing that um Silver kind of led up on because before like the teams, the players they had to wear like dominant colors, so it was like mostly white with like some trim or mostly black with some trim. It was like one or the other. And so, like, the trim colors, whatever, you know, sneaker, you know, whatever jersey color you got. So, if it's, like, uh, the Lakers are playing a home game, then, like, the white shoes are mostly, like, the used ones. But you could wear them with, like, yellow trim or some purple trim or a little bit of both. But it had to be mostly white. And, uh, like, when they were on the road, it'd be the black ones. Um, so, they wear the black shoes with the purple trim or the yellow trim. Um, I would have used my own team, Sacramento. 
uh, as a good example too, but they actually sometimes did the opposite. They would wear the black ones at home. Or sometimes this full season, they wear the black at home and the black on the road. Sometimes they'd be wearing the white at home and the white on the road, or sometimes it's just the white at home and the black on the road. It was just, they'd switch it out. It was kind of random. It was kind of random is what I want to say. Back in the day, then uh, I see Webera, but then they kind of changed the unis as like the years when it went on, but it was still kind of similar to the scenario situation. So, yeah, it is what it is. I think it's kind of cool because it's like LeBron, man. He was wearing these bright-ass turquoise shoes tonight, and that's not in any of the color scheme for the Cavs. So he's wearing LeBron colorways of the LeBrons, 15s. So, yeah, I think that's that's pretty cool. It's kind of dope. Man, you don't really see LeBron's chest piece that often. Just seeing him in the locker room right now, I'm just looking at this, like, chest tattoo, and it's like this lion with wings and the crown. Um, what is that? Is it on the throne or something? I can't. I can't see. Can't really tell. I think that's another cool thing that would be awesome if somebody like just did like a show, like a YouTube channel, just dedicated to talking to players and breaking down like the meaning of their tattoos, or like athletes, just or famous people in general. That'd be cool. You can see some cool pieces and stuff because there's uh. Oh man, yeah. There, be, there's some cool ink in the NBA. There's some bad ink in the NBA too, man. There's some just nasty stuff. Damn, he, LeBron, you gotta shave that head, dude. We could, we see what's going on up there. We see what's going on. <laughs> Shaq's just like dubbing over the top of LeBron's voice right now. <laughs> this was crazy Damn so I think Miami won I wasn't even paying attention I was watching the highlights My fucking high ass Alright We're almost two hours in I think this is uh, This is good enough It's getting late I gotta go to bed I gotta work tomorrow morning I gotta go to the gym I gotta get my life together And we gonna keep it moving forward Yeah Get paid on Friday That should be cool Well yeah Podcast coming on Thursday Special guest my man, Aris, uh, at Sierra Sound on Twitter, at Sierra Sound on Instagram. You can follow me. This is your host, Mario Gaviero. Once again, I am on IG and Twitter. It is at Puro Caballero. Just like the Puro Caballero show, this is what you're listening to, man. So, in any event... um. Yeah, this has been episode number 14. We get onward and upward. Um, still uh, unsullied by sponsorships, as Ernie Johnson would say. But uh, we're open and willing to listen. So, uh, yeah, hit me on the DM or some shit. Um, yeah. I got to set up the emails and the socials for the show and get that moving and grooving. But, you know, one thing at a time, we're going to get it up. I'm uh, on iTunes once again, like I mentioned, big news. Follow on iTunes, follow on SoundCloud, follow on Google Play, follow on Stitcher, follow on TuneIn. 
just search the puro p-u-r-o caballero c-a-b-a-l-l-e-r-o show s-h-o-w so just another reminder caballero cali baller o oh oh the dude the, oh shit oh come home oh 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 damn lebron telling oh they, they cap it on you bron you can't let this happen dog it was bad it's bad i noticed it they, they everybody everybody knows everybody sees this shit dude come on C-Web just said LeBron is the last player to play with the true George Jefferson. Bruh. Bruh. The other player that comes to mind that was fucking nasty like that, Clyde the Glide Drexler. He eventually had to come home, bro. His shit was just fucking barely above his ears. It was bad. Your shit isn't that bad, but bro, come on. Just do it, man. Just, Just do it. What's, what are you waiting for, man? What's the point? They they put a Photoshop picture of him, like, shaving his head. <laughs> he had, he had uh, the shaving cream on his dome. <laughs> I love that shit. TNT is amazing. It's awesome. Um, yeah, man. We're going to wrap this shit up. This has been the Puro Caballero Show. You know where to follow me. You know where to like. You know where to uh, subscribe. And we'll keep it moving onward and upwards. Hasta la próxima. Ciao.